Before we jump into today's conversation, let's take a moment to acknowledge our amazing sponsor, the Academy of Therapy Wisdom. Oh my gosh, we love this platform. They're the place I go now for all my CEUs. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Please join us for our next live online workshop, Integrating Mind and Heart, April 3rd through 6th of 2024. This is an experiential, active workshop designed to engage you in brain states that promote relational learning. If you want to get closer, say the things that usually go unspoken and trust each other and yourself to get through the hard moments. This is the workshop for you. Go to whydoesmypartner.com to learn more and register. Welcome to the Why Doesn't My Partner podcast. I'm Jules. I'm Vicki. And I'm Rebecca. We're your hosts. We're also couples therapists and messy humans bumbling through our own relationships every day. We met through our training and practice of relational life therapy. Between us, we have more than 40 years of experience holding hard relational questions with our clients. We're going to bring those questions here. And together, we're going to take a stab at answering those questions. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy. If something you hear in this episode stirs something deep within you about your relationship, reach out to a couples therapist in your area. We also love to hear your questions, so don't forget to go over to whydoesmypartner.com and leave us a question of your own. Here's today's question. Why can't I decide to stay or go? This is such mm. a thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. so many people who come into my practice in this kind of discernment limboy place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they can stay there for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why do we stay there for a long time? That's the question, right? Because we can't decide to stay or go. Or because we don't want to face the consequences of either choice. I was just going to say the fear of you know, what comes next. I, I totally agree with that end. Can I, mm-hmm. can I kind of like put end. a little end on there? Mm-hmm. Um, early in my career, I worked mm-hmm. in oncology. I worked, mm-hmm. at, and mm-hmm. so much of the time, I had to sit with people who were making big life or death kind mm-hmm. of decisions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And often I would get pressure from the physicians, from the medical team saying, help them. They have to decide. They have to let us know, do they want to do this or do they not want to do this? Mm -hmm. And I would sit with people and I would sit with their families. And often when they couldn't decide, the space we would hold was not deciding was a decision. Mm -hmm. Right? Not deciding. It was was an an action that they were taking in that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I want to stay there. But what crossed my mind is the, should I stay or should I go, is the decision in the moment to stay. Well, kind of, yes, and not here's the thing. No, I think, I think we have these three, I think what you're looking at, there's three potential roads, right? You have the leaving road and then Mm -hmm. we have to deal with the grief and the breakup and whatever happens or what is, what is the real fallout, right? Of whatever that breakup is. I mean, if we're talking about a marriage and kids, that is a, that is a really hard choice. There's a lot of fallout. There's yeah. a even, lot of fault. Even without kids, unblending yeah. finances and all of that. Type right, of right. Yeah. Even if you're not, let's say you're in a relationship. I have a friend who's in a relationship like this. 15 years together, they don't yeah. blend finances, but they live together. They have a home together. They don't have children, but they don't the, purposely. They like things a little bit more separate. Leaving would be a really hard thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It would be a really hard thing, mm-hmm. even though the logistics of leaving would be relatively straightforward. The mm-hmm. actual act of it would be heart wrenching, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, so there's that road, and then there's this other road of staying, and I'll talk about that in a second. I think the road of indecision is a very specific one because you hang out in ambiguity, and I think it is a very mm-hmm. specific okay. emotional state. And I think it has very specific kinds of emotional costs, Mm -hmm. which is very different than saying, yes, I'm staying. Because yes, I'm staying, especially if you do it well, is to re-up, to say a wholehearted- Oh, sure. Here's here's me staying. So I actually would say there are three different roads. Very much. And I wonder about as we hang out in ambiguity, like what- what is feeding us? Like if we're mm-hmm. in a space of staying in that, in that, I can't decide space, what's helpful about that? Mm-hmm. I think it lowers your vulnerability. Okay. So if I stay in, if I hang out in ambiguity long enough, mm-hmm. then whatever happens doesn't have to be on me. Like it could be the yeah. other guy basically could tell him ambiguous and goes, you know what, if you don't want this, I'm out. Then I don't have to make the decision. Then I don't have to be the bad guy. We could hang in, we could hang out there so that I don't have to face whatever I would tell myself about the choice, I guess. Mm -hmm. Oh, the judgment. You, uh, the risk of failure is lower in ambiguity, right? Right. Like, well, the mm -hmm. really, is there isn't one? one? Well, right. I'm putting isn't one in quotes because I actually think there is a cost ambiguity. Okay. I just think it's easy not to look at it. Well, so yeah. the cost, let's talk about that for a minute. Because mm-hmm. when I think about ambiguity, you know, I'm thinking of, um, you know, one of those terrorisms, stable ambiguity. How many of our people mm-hmm. live in that space? Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. many of the people who come see us are coming to see us because their relationships are in this ambiguous yet stable Mm-hmm. kind yeah. of space. Like this is what we know. We don't really know how to be in a space of relational joy. We don't really know how to move into asking for what we want or grieving for what we don't have, but we know really, really well how to mm-hmm. live in this stable place. That's quite ambiguous. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when we have all these misery stabilizers that are so easy to get to, right? Yeah. Yeah. You've got screens, you guys can fall into a show hole and never come out again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you just one after another, after another, after another, um, you could eat your way through all of this pain. Mm-hmm. Drinking is easy. Pot is legal in lots of States now. Right. People there's, do work and work, work or working out or right. Like there's lots right. of different things people do mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. escape being in the relationship mm-hmm. and distract from the pain, which is what Jules is saying that getting yeah. out of that misery yeah, rather than facing the misery and doing something about it. Yeah. And I think a piece of that is also what's modeled to us, mm-hmm. right? Like if, mm-hmm. if you Suggest. grew up, well, if you grew up in a home that had a lot of misery stabilizers, right? Mm -hmm. Like that Mm -hmm. lived, like the home you grew Mm -hmm. up in was like that. Then maybe, maybe those other options aren't as apparent. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty funny pun. Do you, do you think, (laughs) I didn't mean to do that. that that. (laughs) (laughs) By the other options, do you mean like the option of leaving or the option of actually investing and making it good again? Yeah, of, of maybe yeah. <laughs> like, what is relational joy? What does that look and feel like? 
Right. I love that you're naming it like that. I wonder if one of the reasons we stay in that stable ambiguity is actually to forebode the joy. Mm-hmm. So, so like to keep mm-hmm. away from it because saying yes to joy, saying yes to deep intimacy means saying yes to a couple of things. It means saying yes to rumbly conversations. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You don't get to have yeah. relational joy and not yeah. rock that boat. I wanted, I wanted to fight you oh, and I couldn't. I know. I just can't do it, can you? <laughs> right. So I it takes some trying to. Yeah. Right. It Tell does. Me, I love, I love when Brene Brown talks about this. When she when she talks about name, no, really, can you name one moment that was deeply courageous that was not also vulnerable? Mm. No. Of course you can't. She's asked thousands of people. Nobody can. Why? Because that doesn't exist. So I'm going to have rumbly conversations, which means I'm going to say yes to vulnerability. And I'm going to say yes to accountability. And I'm going to say yes to putting myself aside and listening to you deeply. And I'm going to say yes to deep joy. And when I say yes to deep joy, you know what I say yes to on the other side of deep joy? Disappointment. Deep pain pain because mm-hmm. that's the thing when we calm that doesn't feel as big mm-hmm. oh. when we mute our feelings we don't get to pick which feelings we're muting mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so like it's this across the board i'm muting everything mm-hmm. or i'm embracing and making space for not even embracing it's more like i'm expanding my capacity to feel but we also don't realize that we're that we're muting everything because as someone whose body is finally waking up and I'm learning it, mm-hmm. um, I we're celebration dancing I think- for baby everyone. Wake him up. I I've been I've been happy in the past years. I've been sad. I've could I could tell you up and down, down that I have full spectrum of my emotions and I feel all of them. And then and I, now, you know, well, well then I feel endorphins say? last weekend. And I'm like, oh, this is what other people feel. These are endorphins. Oh, so now I'm aware of, at least with endorphins, how much I wasn't feeling. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I've had multiple clients that story in my own head, like they will, no, they'll acknowledge it with me that they're walled off, but they're pretty convinced that they are feeling all of their emotions. So even when we're muted, we don't realize how muted we are. Yeah, for sure. That's true. And Mm -hmm. I also think we can wall off from each other without walling off from ourselves. So like I could wall off from my spouse, but be on fire inside of my body. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So just because I'm walled off or just because I'm I look cut off on the outside does not actually mean I'm necessarily right. disconnected from the sensations in my body or the emotions that I'm having. I think it's, I think it's like a spectrum thing. Right. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I do think we tend to worry about when the next shoe is going to drop or move into ambiguity or move into what disaster might happen so that we escape the big highs of joy. Mm-hmm. Cause with great mm-hmm. joy comes great vulnerability. Yeah. And bravery. So I wouldn't be shocked if sometimes we, when we ask that question, why can't I decide to stay or go? Well, it may be that saying yes to deep relational joy is too scary for you right now. 
And on the contrary, it might be that grieving is too scary for you, right? Mm -hmm. And both are big feelings. So it could be that all feelings Mm -hmm. that are on the bigger end are scary for you right now. If that's the case, then we wouldn't want to pick either way. Mm -hmm. I also love the focus, not necessarily the focus, but the right now. Mm -hmm. This doesn't have to be the rest of your life. You're not, you may not always feel this stuck. That's the thing. You might, but you might not. I'm going to say something radical. What if being stuck in that ambiguity is exactly what's right for you this moment? (laughs) Say more. What, What if you're already moving through your ambiguity as quickly as you can? What if Mm -hmm. your system is lovely and wise and knows that actually right now you don't have enough information or right now Mm. you're not in a space to make one of those choices. Mm -hmm. Maybe either making either choice would be too disruptive because of other stuff that's going on for you right now. I just want to amplify this Mm. because I'm, I'm sitting here as you're saying this right now and what I'm seeing flashing through my head are so many different couples that I have worked with through the ambiguity. Mm-hmm. And what I'm sitting with is the, the threads throughout many, 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 many couples of as we sit with that ambiguity longer, the lessons we learn about what their system has capacity for, mm-hmm. about the old knowings and implicit memories that they carry, about the the bravery uh, in the places that they want to show up, but don't yet know how, like I can go on and keep Mm -hmm. bringing up more threads here. But the point is that this could exactly be the place for you to be right now. There's a deep learning in Mm -hmm. this place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if we wanted to make a discovery about it, I have two suggestions for you that you can do at home. If you wanted to make a discovery about if it's important maybe to hang out in the ambiguity. One, you could ask the middle of your body. So ask the space around your heart and lungs, ask your diaphragm, ask your belly, like the spot right behind your belly button. So it's like, you're going to look into the cavity of your body and you're going to actually ask and then listen. Do not try to figure out the answer to the question that you're just going to ask the question. Oh, what's wise about staying right here? Another way to explore that, let's say, Vicki, you've talked about this a lot. I'm not that connected to my body. I don't feel Mm -hmm. a lot in my body. I don't know what the hell you people are talking about. (laughs) No problem. Do a non-dominant hand drawing, same question. So write the question at the top of your paper in your regular hand. So you're Mm right-handed. Are you right-handed, Vicki? Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's imagine you let's imagine you're in the space. I know you're not, but let's imagine you're in the space. Okay. So you would write the question at the top of the paper. I wonder what is so wise about staying exactly where I am. And then why am I actually writing it? I don't know, but I'm, I'm delighted I'm writing you're going along. Because I'm okay, thank play. you, Rebecca. Because I'm playing. Exactly. I really am happily married. I'm not at all trying to decide it to get out. I know you have but... you've said deep yes to relational joy. <laughs> and and I'm happily married today, but you know. <laughs> Every once in a while, hey, Every... <laughs> hands up. Right? right here. We talk about normal marital hatred on the show. Okay. So, so what you do, I wonder is, what is so wise about what <laughs> I wonder what is, what is snow wise. No, so wise, so wise, so wise about, about staying, staying about exactly staying. where I am. 
Oh, staying where I am. Right. Yeah. Okay. In the ambiguity, right? So in this case, yes. in the ambiguity, though, you could use this question for anything. And then with your non-dominant hand, mm-hmm. so righties, please choose your left. If you're a left-hander, choose your right. If you're very ambidextrous, just which one do you go to first? Pick the other one. Um, okay. So so for most of us, it'll be left hand. So you, you take your left hand on the table. Okay. You take your left hand and you just let yourself draw. Who knows what's going to come out? And once you're done with the drawing, then look at it and ask, how do I feel as I look at this drawing before you try to explain the drawing to yourself? And you might find that there's a little discovery space in these two exercises, right? Um, My drawing is like all these like hearts making a flower. Oh my God, your heart's making a flower. I love it. That's fun. That's why I'm staying right now. That's why you're staying right now because you have hearts making a flower. So, uh, so, so here we are, right? We can be in the space of inner discovery. I want to throw something though out that I feel like is more of a, uh, I, I'm going to say cultural issue, but I don't mean that. I mean that super broadly. I mean that like we live in a relational culture that's not actually really good at doing relationships <laughs> mm-hmm. and confuses mm-hmm. communication with connection all the time mm-hmm. and Thank you. doesn't like really know how to do vulnerability that well. Wait a second, wait a second. Nobody has ever taught you how to do relational discernment. No one has ever taught you how to face grief, like mm-hmm. the grief of staying. Mm-hmm. Do you know? <laughs> Did you know, ladies and gentlemen? That there is no all three paths that I laid out, all of them have grief. Shh, don't be one of that. But here's the thing, because none of none of what we're talking about then actually matches that idea that if that relationship mm. should be easy if they're the right ones. Mm. How many of us have heard that? Amen, sister. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. And so so I think that that is also a part of it because we get this messaging that if it's right, mm-hmm. it sh- it'll be easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Or if something hard happens, like if there's some it's, kind of betrayal, then we should wrong. go, go, yep. no matter find what, the, find the right person. Cause you're with the wrong one. Yeah. And, and or, so, or if I have any pain at all, then it means I'm not with the right person. Mm-hmm. And, and so mm-hmm. there's these messages that tell us you need to go mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. aren't actually maybe what's happening inside of us and aren't mm-hmm. really part of our discernment mm-hmm. process about mm-hmm. should I stay or not? Mm-hmm. So we're getting these cultural mm-hmm. messages that are out of sync. Yeah. yeah. How many times have you heard that? If you're with the right person, even the hard times are easy, aren't they? Something like that. B.S. <laughs> I call. No. You know how I know that you I'm know. with the right person? Huh. I know I'm with the right person right now because <laughs> I'm adding the right now. I know I I'm it. with the right person right now. Because we can do hard things together. Amen. That's right. That's it. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. we can weather the storms. We can move through the friction and come back together. That's what I've told some of my clients that, and Gabe knows this. I'm not saying anything secret. Um, He doesn't work as hard at himself or in our relationship as I do. That is Mm -hmm. not a secret. 
He's and proud that's not of it. A, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes he really is. That is true. Um, and what I've told my clients when it's relevant, when it comes up is my, this is my own judgment. This is my own discernment. I don't know that it would work for anybody else, but if I was with a partner who wasn't working at all, wasn't mm-hmm. showing any kernel of desire or change or anything, I would leave. Mm-hmm. But he shows it in, not necessarily in his own way, but it comes up. In these way, and I can see the movement, mm-hmm. and I can see the progress, and I don't care that he's thousands of feet behind me. That part, or, or in a different path than you, or exactly. So, sometimes it's not even that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Or, in, or behind, yeah. it's more like on a different path. Yes, I like well, that. Well, and I think yeah. it's like there's this question, right? It's the relational reckoning, is what Terry Real mm-hmm. calls it, and I I learned that that terminology from him, and I think it's so right on what he's asking. Is this one question? Are enough of your needs getting met in this relationship that it is worth the work it's going to take to mourn the ones that are not? I love Mm -hmm. that question. I love it. That to me is the relational discernment question. Mm -hmm. So it could be, you've never heard that question before. That's a good question. So you could use that question. If you're in a space where I don't know if I'm going to say or go, you could use that question to help yourself weigh out, you know, what needs are really getting met? What aren't? How important are the ones that are getting met? How important are the ones that aren't? Are they deal breakers, right? Right. So are enough of the needs getting met that you can tolerate staying and grieving grieving. for the ones Mm -hmm. and and grieving, right? And grieving for the ones that aren't being met. Because mm-hmm. if we're resenting mm-hmm. the ones that aren't getting met, there it means we're not actually in acceptance of it. I can go right. back. I can ask for them for some more. I can rumble, right? I can do mm-hmm. that direct request, or I can say I'm not going to get these met, and I'm going to do my grief. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And I can stay. So grieving, grieving stay. comes with staying. Mm-hmm. Grieving is everywhere. <laughs> And we we circle back to grief again, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Always the grief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's land it there today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love each other best you can. Stay protected and connected. Grow awkwardly. Take care. That wraps up this week's episode. Join us again next week for another Why Does My Partner? We hope that you continue to listen wherever you get your audio and that you'll follow the show. To go deeper, join us at our bootcamp. You'll find the next date at whydoesmypartner.com. Did you know you could ask us your question? Your questions are relational gold. Go to whydoesmypartner.com to either write in or record your question for a future episode. We want to tell you more about our sponsor, Therapy Wisdom. Jules is one of their amazing educators, and you can also find teachers like Janina Fisher, Bessel van der Kolk, Deidre Fay, and Akila Riley Richardson, plus a bunch of people you might not have heard of, but will definitely want to start following once you take their courses. And because you listen to us, the Therapy Wisdom team is offering a secret code to give you free access to one of my one-hour wise conversations. Use the code WDMP at checkout.
If you're a licensed therapist, coach, healer, or someone who's invested in doing the deep work of personal healing and want to learn about topics like neurobiology, supporting trauma healing, incorporating intersectionality and somatic work, then this is the place for you. Discover some of the most heart-led and quality courses available in a community of people who are invested in spiritual growth, equity, inclusion, and developing expert-level clinical skill. Visit therapywisdom.com or click the link in the show notes and use the WDMP discount code. Thanks, Therapy Wisdom. We love you.